Hey everyone out there in the CBC universe, welcome to another episode of Comic Book Characters. Welga, 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 welga. <laughs> I'm your fellow neighborhood podcaster, Alfred. And I'm Chris. Hell no, we won't go Cassidus. Comic stuff. <laughs> Riverboat stuff. Oh my god. Aquamane. <laughs> Oh man! You know what's you know what's crazy about that whole thing? I mean, there's a million things that are crazy about it. But like, I literally saw someone post online the same day, right? Like uh-huh. a shirt. They were wearing a shirt with an image from the from like the newscast. Yes, bro. They were wearing a shirt like within yes. an hour. Like that's amazing. <laughs> like let's put that that stick to itiveness to like everything in the world and it'll probably be better like that's that's some quick action can you make a meme out of everything in the world all at once concurrently at the same time yeah like that's that's a horrible porn movie title for (laughs) 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 sir no one's gonna watch this ah don't worry there's gonna be you know like the googly eyes but it's gonna be boobs so it'll be fine (laughs) Boobly eyes. Boobly eyes. <laughs> hey, uh, with that, I did want to take a quick second here to thank everybody for tuning in on this particular episode. We're at 151, guys. That is a highway not very far from where I live. So that's all I have to say about that. Wow. Every, everyone was wow. really wondering that, huh? 150. Yeah. You didn't think you were going to get a niche highway mention. Yeah, where the fuck are you going? Big Wells or what? What is that? <laughs> I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I just moved here, Jordanson? so I don't. I don't know where anything is. I don't. I get lost all the time, even with yeah. the Google. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm about to say, way to dox yourself, but I don't think you know where you're going. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you. Am I even telling the truth? I mean, I think I am, but that doesn't mean that I am. Uh... <laughs> the first autobiography with an unreliable narrator. That's good times, man. That's... Uh, yeah, but thanks, thanks everybody for listening and tuning in. We're in here in uh, episode 151. We're happy to have you. Real quick, uh, we are going to be covering The Flash, believe it or not. We're going to cover The Flash. We're going to cover Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. So just if you haven't seen either of those, uh, just note there will be spoilers in this episode. And we're going to have a quick stop at the casting corner got a couple of we got a marvel sitch and some dc uh mentions so that's a little that's fun we get both of the big boys they're they're medium-sized boys at this point right because like everyone keeps sort of failing um (laughs) i mean i was gonna say because valiant and image are doing so well yeah i don't know what does that even mean like so if a rising tide helps all boats does like a drought just kill all fish? Is that what that is, or what's <laughs> what is the opposite of that? Are you trying to ask what's the negative? What's a bad miracle? Is, yeah, what, is that yeah, what? yeah. Nope. Yeah. What do we got a name for that? Uh, nope. I guess not. Um, so, yeah. Then we got the big wheel, and uh, oh, we also we have a um, we have a uh, PETA related uh, movement. I guess is how I'll say PETA related movement. Peter Griffin? Peter Griffin. Peta Peta from the Hunger Games. Peta mm. Chips. Uh, uh, keep going. Uh, yeah. Peta Chips hummus. Another one. A little bit of salad. 
some Greek okay. dressing. Definitely want to throw off some olives on there. Have you been to Pasha Mediterranean Express? Oh, God, the tzatziki alone. Ugh. Oh man, I. How do you do with when you go to like? Yeah. Do you go full tzatziki? Do you drop a lot of tzatziki on stuff? I always I just. Say, I say I want a uh, large diet coke, but don't give me the diet coke. But just put tzatziki in that glass, and then like, however many falafel you can fit in there too. Wow. Okay. And don't even give me a spoon. Give me a knife. Okay, but you could probably like fit like one falafel, right? Like it's a, it's not that big of a container. Uh, I'm I'm uh, it's a large diet coke. Okay, okay, all right. Full tzatziki. Full tzatziki. In case any of the listeners are wondering, we're not having a, a stroke concurrently at the same time. <laughs> but I mean, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be hard pressed to guess that. And like you know, I don't blame you. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot of stuff. Let's go ahead. Let's just get going, man. You know, yeah. I we're in the middle of this. Uh, I don't know where we're going with the with the food thing, but that, I mean, I'm actually kind of hungry now. So it, it did a, it did a little something. <laughs> I don't know if it did anything for any of the listeners out there. It did a little something for me. But what is good for you, my man? Oh, it's a good question. What? 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 Do you what? know what? what? Uh, man. Uh... So coming out of summer, that's not the good part. Uh, I have to go back to my civilian life. Uh, but I, during summer, I did uh, kind of just was bored enough to make my way down to Hogwild. Shout out! To oh, me. oh, yes, yes. This is oh, I love this. Undergrad, undergrad kids working the register talking oh, about. Oh man, where are we at now? Christ Almighty! Uh, let me take a look. I think it's I'm still around like 26, 27. Okay, but no, last time we talked, we might have to check the tape. I could have sworn you said like 14 last time, so. No, no. This yeah, are you sure? I think so. No. Okay. okay. Anyway, the latest edition, I I, I went down a lock. Uh, I was like, I uh, what is that? I smell dissonance. I smell uh, triads moving in mixolydian patterns. There's nine-ish nails out there. Um, I went there. I was like, because the downward spiral is what I'm looking for, right? Downward yep. spiral. Yep. Great, uh, great album. Hesitation marks. There's uh, there's broken. Uh, <gasps> the fragile. The fragile. Mm. So immediately bought it. That's a thick boy. Uh, it's a thick boy. It's a very thick boy. That's like a was that four LPs? Two L? It's it's at least two. <laughs> It's four, I think. Yeah. I think it is four. It's yeah. a thick boy that 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 little <laughs> set there. Yeah, it's, it's sitting there. Mm. Well, that's a good album. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, man? Let's go. Did you wait? Did you end up getting huh? uh, Downward Spiral or? or... I didn't have it. Okay, didn't have it. fragile. I mean, honestly, I would say like the fragile is a good consolation prize, but is it even a consolation prize? Is it actually oh. the trophy? Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> uh, if I really I mean, want, I'm, I'm sure you should. Down spiral is mad gettable. Uh, it's kind of fragile. That's the one that's like you know I, that that wasn't even my, on my radar. Like I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. But right, there right. It was. Yeah, and see, we are of an age that there's like a ton of records in the early to mid 2000s that like if they had a vinyl pressing at all, it was 
for the tour of that album and it was (laughs) super limited so there's so many like artists and and albums that i want from that time frame that just do not exist or if they do we're looking at like two three hundred four hundred dollars i'm just like no like what (laughs) so uh yeah so i totally get the uh the sort of schrittner's like like i don't want to even look to see if the album exists because even if it does, it's probably going to be expensive, you know, right. like with the fragile. But you lucked out. That's I'm very happy for you, like genuinely yeah. happy for you. So that's a good get. Um, what is what's good for me? Um, well, this is a bit of a tip to the hat, but um, but I've already seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem twice. Okay, all right. Um, on them. How really many kids? Enjoyed the audience? It. Uh, yeah, the kids every time. I did take my sister for one of the screenings. You know, she's technically, I mean, she's 19. She's actually not a child either, but like, you know, it's, it's people don't look at me quite as much. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, just today, uh, Spider Verse Across the Spider Verse, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, uh, is available digitally. And so, this is where I am right now. Uh, In case you didn't know, yep, I am going to bring up Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse in every episode of the pod for the rest of the year. Don't even bother taking that bet. Um, So the the question in my mind is, I already pre-ordered the physical Steelbook 4K release. That's coming out in September, right? That's coming out in September. It's $20 to buy the 4K digital Mm Mm-hmm. Right now, so do I? Should I buy that? Even though I know I'm getting the physical with the code in the fuck in the physical. Yeah, that's. It's like a month, and I have a ton of other movies and comics and stuff I could read. Like, there's, it's this not is like backlog is the backlog. Dude. Yeah, I know, I know, and that's what you know. That's what Lib said, and that's honestly what I said to myself. Like, hey, this is an opportunity to not watch the movie into the fucking ground for a month. And like let's let's cultivate some other things into my life, and 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 so that's what I think I'm going to do. But I'm not going to oh, lie; it was it was like it is a consideration. Like it, the thought has not completely left my mind. You know, of let maybe. Me, let me pause it this real quick. Okay. Uh, you have the PlayStation VR headset, right? I do. Have you seen it on yeah. a Sony? VR headset. Oh, that's right. No, I haven't. So, like, it's almost like you're in the movie. It's like even more than an IMAX experience at that point. Yeah, man. Okay. Well, well, damn it. Now I'm now I'm really not sure. <laughs> Why'd you do that? It's supposed to be what's good, not what's going to stress me out later. Um, no. Um, but yeah. Uh, what else has been going on? Uh, things are starting to ramp up in the basketball world. Um. Going to be jumping back into fantasy basketball this season after taking a couple of years off. Um, Told this would be a roto league. Much to the chagrin of any and everyone who's ever played fantasy basketball with me, they're like, "No, not not again." Um, <laughs> but I'm excited about it, and that's what's important uh, for me, at least. But yeah, no. Uh, what else? Saw Bobby. Bobby saw Bobby. I saw Bobby. Mm-hmm. Saw Barbie and Oppenheimer. Uh, enjoyed both oh, films immensely. Yeah, back to back them. I did not. I didn't do them in one day. I think because we ended up having to go out of town, so we saw Barbie on Thursday, and then we had to go to Austin for a show that Lib was doing, and you know we we were super busy with that the whole time. So, uh, uh, classic Game Fest. Shout out. Um, 
one of the big the biggest game convention in Texas. Um, but uh, so we we did see it when we came back though to San Antonio. Uh, really great films. But I will say this: and have you seen both? Right? Or, yeah, simple. Okay. So just do you agree with me on this or not? You be totally honest. People should absolutely be seeing Oppenheimer first and then Barbie second. Ooh. Um, if you're going to see them back to back. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, the... otherwise you're just, you're like hitting home with like ex- existential dread in your eyes. <laughs> I don't... Either one is kind of, you know, you're kind of close there. How, how how far back you want to pull the veil. Uh, but I think you need like a... You need like an hour or two after Oppenheimer to kind of like uh, decompress and talk it out. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It, 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 God, that film is so intense. Like, the first two hours do not lose momentum at it, all. It is. You know what's so crazy? And the fact, you know, and it's funny, uh, a little bit more behind the curtain stuff. I get uh, so many messages and emails and stuff from people asking if we're ever just going to do like a movie podcast. Like, just, just movies. Because. You know, it's no secret the the movie review episodes are the are the most listened to that we've done, uh-huh. and people just seem to like our 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 banter and our weird takes about movies. Okay. Um, one thing I really thought was so interesting about Oppenheimer is that it's it's so little action. It's mostly people just talking to and at each other, and yet it it moves at such a quick pace narratively that it never yeah. feels slow. Not no. not even for unless it's intentionally trying to be slow. Uh, and then there's the one big sort of visual set piece within the film. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's, it's visually it's not very... I'm not going to say it's uninteresting because it's, it's very interesting, but it's not super dynamic. Yeah. Right, you know it's I mean? not. Oh, it's not the action of the first ten minutes of Dark Knight. It's right. not the heist. It's, no, uh, it's not that at all. It's Dunkirk, though. Mm-hmm. And Dunkirk was the same way. It, like, yeah. it's, it's tension at, at every sequence. It's all yeah. It's all tension and push and pull. I just I don't know. I just think for a movie that is like near three hours like mm-hmm. that, it's kind of wild that, uh, you know that it moves so quickly without any like true physical action in the film that is out of the ordinary of things of just people talking. Yeah. Is it the Titanic effect? I mean, it has to be that, right? It's the dramatic irony that we in the real world know exactly what events are going to play out uh, with the atomic bomb and all that. And uh, so it's just how did they get there? Like watching it get built. Uh, Is this why people watch Minecraft live plays? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Because that that shit's been going strong for over a decade. Insane. That's not going anywhere. Those little creepers or whatever they're they're here forever. (laughs) So, just enjoy that world. You're welcome. Um, Odd no sweat. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I could not recommend Oppenheimer more highly. Uh, Also, Barbie was great. Like, um, I think it's really funny that a lot of people are posting socially that they're using the movie as like a barometer about whether I, I guess for it's like women that date men oh it's a shorthand and, and they're doing like yeah they're doing like a how are they responding to this film 
And if if there's like a range in there where it's like if they if the guy uh-huh. lands in that range, they're like, "You're gone, buddy. Like I'm done." <laughs> and um, I'm just wondering, and like you didn't know I was going to talk about this, but is there a is there a heterosexual guy equivalent to that? What is oh. something that you show a girl, and then you're like, "Okay, how they respond to this? Is it Star Wars? Is it the original Star Wars?" Oh, is it? Man, I'm gonna a... tell you what I think it is, but like, it's it's this is very narrow range, okay? But I think it's this. Uh huh. I think it's Transformers the animated movie. Man, see, I'm I'm with it initially, but you were talking to a very specific like sub like cross section of uh, childhood nostalgia. Yeah, that's true. For, that's for our generation. So... I can. I mean, I can hear the argument that it's not that for sure. Um, it it. I, I fuck, dude. I think I know what it is. What is it? What is it's it? It's Fight Club. Okay, interesting. And Fight Club already a send up of like you know uh, the the oh God the festering boil of toxic masculinity that was building up over the nineties. Uh, right. And if so, I, man, that's more of a referendum referendum on dudes though, right? If, right. if you didn't get if you didn't get it, then. You probably listen to Joe Rogan. <laughs> You're probably still jamming the puddle of mud, man. Like you just, you just are. All the way. <laughs> Dude, what is it? Yeah, I don't know. See, that's the thing. That's that's part of the the essentially since everything is kind of geared towards like the patriarchy, but we thought it was that ho- about horses at first. Uh, it's kind of hard, right? I mean, everything is for us. Yeah. In a way. By so, default, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a false equivalency. Maybe there's no, there shouldn't be, or there is not. Oh, um, is it Back to the Future? It's Pride and Prejudice or something. It's something like, like <laughs> no, but for guys to test the girls on, like to no, see oh, how they're okay. responding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Uh, well, the Godfather's already mentioned in the movie, so I guess that's too on the nose to say that. Uh, that is pretty great, though. That that is, it's. I mean, damn. What a called shot. Do you want to watch it again and then talk to me, talk at me about it? <laughs> Just talk through the entire movie. Talk through the entire film. <laughs> Don't they know that's what podcasts are for? Oh. Um, <laughs> what? Him? <laughs> oh, is it Morbius? It's Morbius! Oh. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I just saw it literally last night. You know what it might be? Yeah, what's the that? Movie, the movie, it might be Toxic Avenger. Oh, because, shit, Because dude. that movie is, like, in exactly the weirdest way, very progressive. Yes, yes no. But, but, like, if the, if the girl gets the cheeky humor of it and, like, is, is there for the ride, I think that says a lot. I think that says... That's a person that you can be like goofy in a very specific way with, and they're not going to get rigid about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu, that's a good one too. Yeah, I, I think it has to be something like that. Something right. that is so stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just so stupid, and you know it's stupid. Like wrestling, maybe professional wrestling. Like it's so dumb. But if you can have fun with it, then, like, I don't know. That's, it's like, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe this is not something we should be discussing. I have no idea. But uh, but Barbie is great. 
that um, that monologue that um, uh, America Ferrera gives in the film is oof. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, now I was talking to uh, to Nicole. You know Nicole. Um, I was talking to Nicole. She she saw. It. She was really excited to see it, and she really liked it. But um, she said that she was surprised that she thought the film would be like deeper uh, because of all of the hype around it and what people kept saying about it. And I don't know the way I saw Barbie and like who cares right like uh, the movie is not entirely for me I think. Please tell me your correct man opinion. But but no, I just felt like with Barbie, it's not that it's necessarily a deep film. It's kind of a very obvious film, I think. But they're saying things that like people don't say for whatever reason. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it's obvious, but also nobody ever says it. So I still think they get a ton of points for it. I've um, had to stop myself from busting out laughing because uh, I saw the draft house. You know how draft house do. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, there was that one scene where uh, that uh, that like a customer service guy or whoever it was in Mattel, he's like somehow in the boardroom mm-hmm. and like uh, he goes, uh, "I'm a man without power. Does that make me a woman? Does that make me a woman? Oh man, I I almost <laughs> spit out my drink. I like I went like." Right. That. It was funny on his face, but what made it even funnier for me is like two rows behind me, uh, a girl watching it with her uh, boyfriend. She goes, "Oh my god, did she actually just say that?" Yeah, <laughs> in regular speaking words. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, man, that's what I mean though. Like, and that's maybe what makes the movie so funny is because it's it's it is right on the nose with a lot of stuff. But it's it's the stuff that no one ever says out loud. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's welcome to our new movie podcast. Uh, just kidding. All right, man. We're almost twenty five minutes into this bad boy. How about we talk some comic book news? Um, Stops. <laughs> all right. Our favorite PETA member, Craven. Uh, oh man, what is his last name? Cravenoff. That can't be right. Oh, dude! Please let it be Craven Cravenoff. No, that can't be right. Why am I blanking on his name? Craven name. Sergey Cravenoff. Cravenoff is his last name. It's Sergey. Sergey. Okay. It's his first name, but he goes by Craven. That makes sense. Okay. All, all this, Why? All Why is right with the world? Craven means cowardly. I don't. I don't know, man. They just thought it sounded cool. I think. I mean. Anyway, so that film. Which Sony was going to release in October of this year, okay, has now been pushed back to all the way to August 30th, 2024. It's almost an entire year. This is like, that's wild. Now, so I think the main culprit here is the the writers and actors strike. Uh, you mean they're striking writers and they're striking actors? Yeah, they're striking them with their with their fists, with their hands, their their Batman slapping them, they're striking them. It's their fault? Uh, no, it's not their fault. It's obviously not their fault. Um, look, we're never gonna sad cards. If it, if it, <laughs> hey man, camera. We're not even. We're not even. We don't even. We're not doing it yet. We gotta. We gotta wait. We gotta wait till this is. This is all done. You know, they unionize, they, they get going, they get their concessions, then we strike. Some nachos. We strike, like, like, like while the iron's hot, not like strike, because they were already on strike, so we don't, you know what I mean? We're not going to strike twice, but like, like lightning. 
only strike mm-hmm. once. I mean, it strikes like more than once. More than once, all the time, really. Just at, that's the Apple Tower. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, because of the way that works, they're not going to ha- be able to have anyone to promote the film. Yo, and yeah. Apparently, Sony's super concerned that if they can't get their actors to promote the film, that it's gonna it's gonna fail. Sony's concerned. I'm concerned about Dune. It fucking better come out. Yeah, I. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen, but um, but we know that Craven. Now, like, here's the question I have for you: yeah. Do you think now, with a full year? Now, granted, right now, um, you know, I don't even know what they're able to do if they're even working on like visual effects stuff, post production stuff. Oh shit! Right. But in the event that they can still have people working in those capacities, because I don't think those groups are striking yet or maybe they're not even unionized unionized. yeah they're not even unionized i don't think i know there was a thing about the marvel special effects people where visual effects people were unionizing but that was new that's a new thing so um so okay so let's just say hypothetically they are able to work on this post-production and now they have a full extra year are they actually going to make this film any better than it is Ooh, ooh! based on his Fur coat alone. It's not likely. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, this is this is definitely one of those films where, um, look, I love the character. He's obviously a Spider-Man villain. Or maybe he's not obviously a Spider-Man villain. I don't know if people know that, but he is a Spider-Man villain, so very uh, familiar with the character, except apparently I didn't know his name. Whatever. Um, <laughs> like, I'm not on trial here. Um... <laughs> This is not a trial. This is a just a denial of accreditation. Are you singing Fall Out Boy? What the fuck's going on right now? <laughs> that was an Oppenheimer reference. Oh, okay. Right. Um, so, uh, but I am concerned with Sony's handling of all things non-Spider-Verse related stuff because, uh, well, we've talked about the great M, the great Orbius uh, many times on this pod and and uh venom venom one and two are you know not the worst no 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 no, no. you gotta say it right venom venom (laughs) whereas does eminem get like at least like a quarter every time somebody (laughs) says it like that um Anyway, so Craven's uh, moving to 2024. I don't know. I hope it somehow gives them the impetus to, like, make the movie better in whatever way that means, but... Like a script? Like, uh... <laughs> I mean, it's just, like, what what story are we telling here? Like, yeah, I get it. Uh, you have all the Spider-Man characters and villains, whatever, but fuck, dude. I just don't understand. They are Spider-Man yeah. villains, and they're trying to make everybody into, like, an anti-hero. Right, and it's like stop, stop doing that. Why, like, not everyone's Killmonger, and even Killmonger isn't Killmonger in the comics. They just did that in the movies because Michael B. Jordan's awesome. So, right, I mean, it, that's it's, fine. Taylor Johnson, right? That's the that's Craven. Yeah, and look, that dude was great in Bullet Train. Yeah, he's yeah, really good in that. You know, if you told me because there's a rumor that he might be the next Bond, I'm like, yeah. After seeing Bullet Train, I'm like, yep. He could yep. totally do it, absolutely. Uh, and you know, he's he's in this movie, Craven. I'm like, okay, yeah, no. After Bullet Train, I was like, sure, 
Go ahead. You, you got to have uh, insane charisma to pull this off, and he's got it, but I don't know if this is a script there. I don't know if this is a story. Yeah, man, Riz can only do so much, you know. Oh, oh, oh look at the young boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's all about that tide, man. Rising, the, you know, the, the rising tide. Ships Just don't and all get that. Molly Ah, dude, Molly Whopped. Holy hell. That is all Libby says anymore. I'm not joking. She's just constantly, like, one of the cats jumped on her the other day. She's like, ah, Claude, you just Molly Whopped me. And then she tripped the other day, and she, <laughs> this is totally serious. This is 100%. Well, you're calling st- <laughs> this is a true story. Um, she tripped and fell and hit her head on the edge of the bathtub. And what? literally busted her like eye open, like what do you know, dude? yeah, dude. And I was I was in my office working. I just heard like a thud of like, oh crap, she died. Like what happened? Um, but I go over there and she's like, the tub Molly whopped me. I'm like, I don't think that's how that word works, but yeah, I you know I cut her some slack. She was probably concussed, so yeah, I'm no, she's, say, she's fine. Armless Tiger Man strikes again. Yeah, I know. I told her, I'm like, you don't stop copying me. Like he, he said, Libby, save it for the pod. Save it for till wait till we get the cameras and we do like a live feed. We already learned this mistake the first time. Oh man. Um <laughs> No, but Molly Wap is great. That is my we're gonna get to it. Yeah, but man. like <laughs> that's my second favorite part of the movie. Is the Oh no, he's Molly Whopping me. Um <laughs> That's my second favorite part. Um all right, all right. With that, let's move on to the next segment, and that's a little thing we like to call Casting Corner. Ooh, baby. Have you seen my half shell? Take a touch. <laughs> oh, man, don't get cracks in that thing, though. God, that that made me uneasy. We're going to talk about that in just a minute, but like, <laughs> it did. It made me uneasy. I was like, no, please stop doing that. Um, all right, casting corner. Like you said earlier in the intro, we've got a little bit of Marvel, a little bit of DC, some goodness. Uh, we already talked about Vanessa Kirby being cast as Sue Storm. Uh, there's also a report that just came out from Variety. Uh, what is today? Tuesday. I think it came out yesterday, possibly over the weekend. But it was stating that Sue apparently is going to be the focal point character for the Fantastic oh, Four movie. Which... Hey, man, that's actually, I think, kind of smart because, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't think a lot of people are really familiar with Susan Storm, like, as a character. So there aren't any, like, super enriched traits to that character that people are like, well, this she has to be like this, this, and this. I don't think people really have those notions for her. So you have a little bit more leeway to play around with her character, with her motivations, with the narrative for her character. And that's a good thing. As long as you oh, get yeah. good writers, I think that's going to actually work out really well. Uh, now, joining her, and this is kind of funny, because the way I read this originally is from the Hollywood Reporter, THR, I guess, for like the cool kids or whatever. They were stating that JQ had been cast in Fantastic Four. JQ, yeah. initials, JQ, JQ. And so everybody went to Jack Quaid of Scream, I think, 5. Randy's uh, kid? Uh, uh, is he Randy's kid? Uh, Jack Quaid is also in The Boys. He plays uh, Huey. Oh, he's, uh, he's also in uh, Star Trek. Michael Shannon, yeah. 
<laughs> Michael Shannon, yeah. And um, so to the point where that rumor got around and they even people were asking him, he's like, hey, look, I would love to be in a Marvel film or whatever. I haven't heard anything about being in the Fantastic War, so I don't know what y'all are talking about. Mm. Well, you know, fast forward a few days, we've now gotten... It was JQ, but not Jack Quaid. It was, in fact, Joseph Quinn. And if you don't know who that name is, that's okay. I guarantee you know his face, though. He was Eddie in Stranger Things. So, for those that don't know, he is definitely wearing specifically 80s attire and a wig in that film. So, he doesn't really look like that. A lot of, a lot of people that I've talked to about this, they're like, what? That guy with that hair? How's he going to be Johnny Storm? He doesn't really look like that. He looks pretty different, actually, in real life. Um, he does have a kind of a... Oh, I was going to be mean. He has... Say it with your chest. Come he on. has a facial hair situation that I am not sure suits him. Um, oh, see, yes, see, I pulled back, but it somehow made it worse. Like that was actually harder <laughs> somehow. Off blows, land hardest. But I do think he definitely has the acting ability to play that role with a plum. I think it's going to be he's going to be able to crush it. And then the strong rumor. And I really tried to pin this down before this episode because I've been hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. And I thought, well, if we already have Sue and Johnny, if we could, you know, bring in, uh, you know, Ben Grimm and Reed Richards and, and really nail the four down, what a great thing for our show. I will say this. The strong, strong rumor right now is that Matt Smith has been offered the role to play Reed Richards. Uh, Matt Smith, of course, from... Um, from Doctor oh, Who. The doctor. God damn it, yeah. And he's also in Morbius. Uh, oh, so, what, dude, what the... You... <sighs> so, he's... I'm not, I'm not going to top off. I'm okay. not going to... If he... <laughs> I can't do that. Goodbye, liver. Uh, if he um, does, in fact, join the cast of Fantastic Four, he will be joining the Evans list, of course. Oh yeah, and um, and so I think actually he would be a great get for Marvel, and I think he would he would do the role really well. That's just my opinion. I also uh, not entirely sure who they've circled on the thing, but I'm sure we'll be hearing it soon. And uh, rest assured, true believers, we will be bringing that news to you all as as soon as we get wind of that. Uh, I did say no. Wait, Chris, before oh. we move on, what do you think about Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm? It's good, yeah. Uh, man, I would almost be kind of intrigued to see if they're going to stick with the whole uh, family concept of Fantastic Four. Would that be sacrilegious to not make, make them a family? I mean, they're considered the first family of Marvel, but... I mean, yeah, but, yeah. but the MCU is a different thing, right? And so it, it yeah. does offer, as a different medium, an opportunity to, to tell a story in a different way, from a different perspective, a different angle... Um, I, I don't think they necessarily have to, yeah. I come from that angle just because I think that he is such an effortless actor that, you know, it would be almost a disservice to kind of just archetype him. I'm like, oh, he's the, you know, hothead brother or whatever, and he's going to be uh, right. Giant Blaze. 
uh, it would be almost more interesting if they did kind of take a page from Guardians and they came together kind of organically in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I don't know. There, there's so much history with Fantastic Four if they can pull that off. Um, yeah, I think I think they have a very high degree of difficulty with this film. Uh, yeah. Kind of like with also like I, I feel the same way about the Marvels film. Yeah, I think I think these are just difficult projects to pull off. Um, Feels like they should really pay the writers a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Looking it up right now, uh, Michael Chiklis has been confirmed uh, for the thing. Yeah. Is, did you did you see that on the? No, no. Is is uh okay from so he was of course from the Shield. The yeah the Shield uh commish. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Was he in Rookie Blue? <laughs> That sounds right. <laughs> or the rookie. What was that one called? We're actually going to get to uh, Nathan Villian in just a second. But, um, yeah, no, uh, yes, very good. Chris, if you don't uh, educate the listeners that you are, in fact, referring to the early aughts Fantastic Four movie, they're going to be very confused. Is that what I found? Yeah, that's what you found. God damn you it. Rascal. Yeah, you little rascal. Oh, I know, man. The internet—it's too un- un- unyielding. It's too—it's uh, too wiggly. The internet. Um... <laughs> All right, moving to DC, uh, we got a smattering of casting announcements for one Superman Legacy. Like I'm going like to go it. through all of these really quickly, and then we're going to settle in on what I think is the most important thing. Uh, right. We have Isabella. Merced as Hot Girl. We have Rachel Brushan as Lois Lane, Anthony Kerrigan as Rex Mason, and Edie uh, Gathagy as Mr. Terrific. Um, And then we have David Cornsweat. Orianis. Oh. What? Orianis. David Cornsweat is, I believe, how you pronounce his name, as the titular character of Superman Clark Kent. Jesus Christ. Cornsweat for a boy from Kansas. All right. That's a Yep, 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 yep. Yep. Was that on purpose? Maybe. Uh, but, look, I mean, and that's all great. A lot of these people are relatively unknown to, like, the general public. They've been they've all been in things, but nothing huge, right? So this could be a very big film for all involved. But the person I wanted to highlight here uh-huh. is a man, Uh-oh. a legend, if you will. It's a guy what? by the name of Nathan Fillion. He was the rookie. He was Castle. He also is the Hammer. <laughs> Nathan Villain is going to be none other than the Green Lantern himself, Guy Gardner. Oh my God, dude! So, are you familiar with Guy Gardner, Chris? Like, how no, familiar with no, him? No, no, okay. No. Uh, what's the other one? The H. What's his name? How? How? How Gordon? Jordan. Yeah, the main, that's like the main one, right? That's what I'm familiar with. Okay, uh, so he's like the pilot, the like, you know, yeah. the cocky pilot, you know, flyboy. We've got uh, John Stewart, right, or the African-American. Who's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, He's I, like, I'm tired of injustice. He's like, yeah, man, yeah, we, we are too. Wait, uh, wait, 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 back the fun bus up. Yeah, yeah. Guy Gardner. Yep. Green Lantern. Yep. Is he... Green Lantern because he has a green thumb because he's a gardener. No, that's pretty great though. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he will in this, you know, in this live action movie. I, these puns. 
I should I should be writing this down. I should write I should I should fucking goddamn it. Should be TMing is what you should be doing. TM TM. Uh, so Guy Gardner in the comics is a hothead, punches first, ask questions later kind of guy. He's constantly getting in scuffs with Batman, which is such a bad idea. I don't know why he keeps doing that. Um, and anyway, uh, so so the fact that Nathan Fillion's going to get to play this swarmy, kind of egocentric, uh, narcissistic type character is, I think, going to be a lot of fun for all involved. Very very excited about this casting choice. Uh, what do you now that you have told you a little bit about Guy Gardner? What do you think? No, it's it's perfect. It's great. Uh, why isn't just why isn't this just a movie? <laughs> I hope it is. Just him. <laughs> Superman's just and at the very end. It's, my, it's, it's secret. Man. It's secretly a, a Guy Gardner movie the whole time. <laughs> Superman's a cameo in his own movie. <laughs> oh man, I would love that. People would get so mad. They would get no. So it'd be mad. great. It just follow Guy Gardner out, and Superman's in the background. Just like saving people and shit, right? Just like because Guy Gardner is saving some people, but he's also putting others in danger. So Superman yeah. is like making sure those people don't die. <laughs> but yeah, we've never seen a live action version of this Green Lantern, this particular Green Lantern, and so um, really, uh, really excited. Again, sort of like with the Sue Storm thing. Here's an opportunity. To bring a character to, to screen that we haven't really seen yet, so yeah. pretty 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 good. Pretty excited about that. All right, man. Yeah. Whew, are you ready? Do you, are you full of energy? Are you ready to rock and roll? Because boy, oh boy, we got we got quite a Herculean task ahead of us. We are going to go do we, we are going to do the Flash and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Meet Mayhem movie reviews back to back. Jack. Alrighty, so let's get going with the Flash. All right, man. Here we go. This is how we do. You know how we start these things. We so the Flash is at uh, two hours and twenty-four minutes long. It has been released since June fourteenth of twenty twenty-three. So just a little under two months. What is the world total gross for the Flash, Mister Chris? World total. It had to have done at least. Uh, it's still probably a loss. Um, three hundred twenty million. Wow. Wow. You know what? And that's interesting because normally you go too low and, and then you're too low. Uh-huh. Believe it or not. You are too high. It is at two hundred and sixty-eight million dollars. Shit, worldwide. Worldwide. Oh my fucking god! Abject failure. Uh, yeah, not that is an understatement. Uh, they're still counting, of course, but um, early reports are starting to come in to say that this will be the biggest in terms of cost of production and advertising versus oh. actual gross. Will be the uh, biggest failure in Warner Brothers film history. Good night. Oh my, e- even more, more so than half. Yeah, because Cap, well, well, no, no, Catwoman. Uh, fucking Batgirl only cost 80 million? Right, and it didn't, and so, so it made zero, so that's 80 million dollars lost. This, the, the, the conservative estimate is after reshoots um, and, and the advertising budget, we're looking at a little over half a billion dollars. Holy shit! <laughs> so, oops. Which is, uh, you know, pretty crazy, because the film had Michael Keaton coming back as Bruce Wayne Batman. Yep, um, which they the trailer. Which, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it had... A lot of Ezra Miller, uh, so Ugh, twice. That's, a, that's, a, that's a literally double the amount of screen time somehow, which is quite a choice. Um, uh, um, Sasha, what's it, Sasha Cowley, is that her name? Oh, man, I'm so bad with names. Let's see, let's uh, see, here we go, here we go, here we go. Yes, Kaya? Kaya, Sasha Kaya. As Kara Zor-El, Supergirl. Well, it's actually pretty great, but we'll actually get in that. And, well, how about right now? Let's do Excelsior. Excelsior! Okay, so for Excelsior, for those who don't know, it's uh, what we liked about the film. It's the things like characters, the writing, the pacing, the directing, the visual effects, whatever, what have you. It's what we liked about the film. Chris, what did you like about The Flash? 
I like Sasha Kaya. Guys, Royal. Okay, no, it's a, it's a great choice. Um, you know, she comes in uh, right at about uh, I don't know. Was it? It's, it's not. It's the uh, yeah, ninety minutes in. Yeah, I think it's the. Well, it's not quite the bridge from the third second to third act. Um, but it's is not. It midpoint? Is it midpoint? No, is it? Mm, no, it's beyond midpoint. Beyond midpoint. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, she comes in kind of late and actually doesn't stick around for too long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think every second she's on the screen, uh, she really shows that she's somebody that people should be casting in their films right now. Well, I mean, nothing's being made right now, but like if and when they ever get back to making movies, you know, because everyone's paid fairly and stuff. Uh, mm. they, they, this is somebody who definitely needs to be on everybody's radar. Um, okay, so let's think about charisma before. Yeah. She's got the Riz. Yeah, she's got Riz and stacks, my friend. She's uh, so sorry about it. So sorry, every everybody. time you say it, I mean, that's what's yeah. going to happen. I'm going to mollywop you with it every time. Okay, uh, let's see. What did I like about the movie? Uh, I really liked seeing Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne Batman. Um, I thought he... Batman? What? The dude, Batman? Yeah, the dude. He abides. <laughs> he abides in his bat plane. Um, I, I don't know. I just really liked seying that character. It, it, it would have been cool just to make an old man Batman movie. Yeah. Or like a Batman Beyond movie. Like, Ooh. maybe don't make this Flash movie in, at all. Or, you know. Hey, man, they, they want to get nuts. Yep. They brought that back for this movie. He got that nuts. He got those nuts. You know what's so weird about him saying that? Like, everyone that heard him say that is dead. Like, no, nobody else knew he said that. So the fact that he said it again... <laughs> Maybe that's just what he says. That's just what he says, I guess. That's how you do it. You want to get nuts? Fuck, dude. I guess not. All right. Have a good day. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. I just, I, I'll just leave your Uber Eats order at the doorstep. I'm sorry. <laughs> fuck. Um, how'd you like your boy, Michael Shannon, man? You love dropping the Michael Shannon. Not my boy. Just, <sighs> <laughs> how dare you PTI me? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. <laughs> you can tell how pissed he was. How pissed off he was. I gotta do his shit again. All right. <laughs> what are the odds that they just green screened him in his own apartment? Like one thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He actually his his detached head is also covered by like a face shield. Anyway, this must be Excelsior. I don't know where I'm getting all this tangent. But like, we'll get to we'll touch on that in just a second. Um, um, I like the idea of seeing other universes. Uh, I like the idea of that. Um, yeah. It was nice to hear some of Danny Elfman's score. What else? Uh, some of the special effects were okay. Sometimes. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, actually, really, okay, I will give Ezra Miller this, just this one little nugget here. Uh -huh. When they lose their powers and then try to run and they do their stupid, goofy run, mm. it's, it's, uh, it's pretty good because it's like, man, you made a really weird choice a long time ago and I wish you hadn't made it, but here we are. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next segment, which is Bizarro. Oh man, just, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm not even gonna edit this out, but I did just remember, we toyed around with the idea, or at least I think I did, maybe I didn't tell you, maybe I did this all in my head, mm -hmm. about maybe replacing the Bizarro drop with, I didn't mean to ice your game, man, or hope I didn't ice your game. Oh, man. right, right. So I guess now that Spider-Verse is, like, officially out, we can grab the audio clip of that, and listeners, you let us know, would you like us to update the Bizarro segment to, hope I didn't ice your game, man, and then we talk about things that ice the game. Um, like George Gervin. Like George Gervin, all that cocaine. Um... Okay, so like I'm gonna I'll go first here. Uh, two things, two things. I'm gonna do two things. Um, but the first one is this: uh, if you don't like Ezra Miller, this is gonna be a literal torture film for you. Nice. They are uh, two different characters in this film, and therefore, literally eat up about 97% of all screen time in the film. You're either getting one of the berries or both berries, pretty much all of the time. Uh, it's kind of wild. I, I gotta say, I thought Ezra Miller did a be uh, the best job that they have ever done portraying this character. But it's also not my favorite Flash by by a long shot. So, you know, it's 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 a little exhausting, I guess. Their performance is exhausting, is what I would say. That's, that's probably the best way I can put it. And then very quickly, and I think you might touch on this a lot more with your answer, I don't know, but holy hell, the special effects for a film that has been in development for like nine years and had um, an extra about a year and a half of post-production time, <laughs> the fact that it looks the way this film looks, and oh, yeah. especially, especially anything in the third act of the film, holy crap, man. 
fucking hack job. Yeah. Okay, here we go. What do you what do you got? Uh, it was. I mean, the movie's bad. That's on his face, and that's like bizarre enough. Like, uh, that what, had, what makes it bad for you? The hype. The fucking studio coming out like saying that. This Tom Cruise said it was a said it was the film we all needed. Tom fucking Cruise said that this was the shit that killed COVID. Yeah. Uh, I have no fucking idea why. Like, he's not even a company man. It's not even, he's not banging with them. Yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. It's, it's so weird. Ridiculous. <laughs> they, they knew their product was shit. That that brick had been stepped on so many goddamn times, and they're still gonna cut you off and sell it for market price. Fuck that. No, 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 no. It, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> I bet up as much as possible. Yeah. These fucking ghouls. God damn it. No, it, 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 it was such a fucking mess. Like, all of it. The writing, there's like two funny parts, maybe. Uh, it didn't involve Barry Allen whatsoever. <laughs> oh, man. Like, the, the, the Barry Allen not understanding his powers and, like, losing his clothes. They went to that joke, well, multiple times. Uh, for some it, reason. Why? Why? Uh, Why? Goddamn. It's... It, the, 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 hopefully, and with James Gunn taking over, it looks like it, and Blue Beetle looks like it's kind of, it's kind of in a bubble universe to begin with. But this is, like, the end of Zack Snyder's death grip over fucking DC. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, also, like, it's kind of weird. Uh, like, Barbie? You mentioned Barbie? No, no, Barbie. What Barbie? And for some reason, I really care about the Jack Snyder, uh, the Zack Snyder. Oh my God, the fucking that line in Barbie is so good. I was like, but uh, no, no, no. I was thinking about how they like did the Batflick Batman dirty. Like he just, he literally just gets replaced by George Clooney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no send off, nothing, nothing. You don't even see Henry Cavill. Like, right. Oh like, man. For an actual take, I mean, that's like I'm mad about stuff that's not in the movie. But what I'm mad about that's from the movie is that they're just like totally ripping apart all of like the nostalgia that they've been built up over the entire franchise. It's like having uh, the stunt casting at this point of Michael Keaton coming back. Like we did this already in Birdman, right? That kind of addressed the whole issue to begin with, like, 10, 20, 12 years ago. So, I know not everybody saw Inner Ego's film, but fucking hell, man. That that was an actual film. So, what were you trying to do other than a, a soulless money grab? They remember Barry's, dude. Come on. The whole yeah. film was a member Barry. Um, True Believers, I'm going to shout out uh, Movies with Mikey. I've done it before. Mikey Newman. Uh, he is a video kind of essayist dude on YouTube. Uh, he has a video that came out about Space Jam 2. About this oh. thing. About, like, taking, like, you know, things that are like, hey, everybody likes this. Let's kind of make something with it just because we can. And probably should because we're looking at our watches and it's time for money to come in. Right. Um, that's what this felt like. Yep. Thousand percent, thousand percent. Hey, comic book characters is the name of this podcast. We are in it for the characters, and they did nobody any sort of justice in this film. I gotta say, man, Michael Keaton was seventy-one at the time of the film's release. Mm-hmm. Like, has he aged more? <laughs> like, I'm just saying, I don't know how much like acting energy he's got left, and oh, right. it's, it sort of sucks that it's, it's stuck in this film. <laughs> uh, all right, with that, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment, which is hey everyone. <laughs> hey everyone, hey everyone. Everyone is a segment where we talk about a new character, new developments, and new. Uh, environments, a new location, something that is new into the world of the filming which we're uh, reviewing. Um, let's see here. So, Chris, you go ahead and go first. What was uh, everyone for you? <laughs> I might have the same thing. <laughs> uh, Coach Taylor? Okay. Coach Taylor in jail. That was a rough look. Uh, well, that in. Yeah, no. Clear eyes, uh, clear eyes, open hearts, or open... Closed cell doors. Yeah, closed cell doors. <laughs> Toilet in the corner. Ooh. That's, that's, that's not the right speech. <laughs> Toilet in the corner. <laughs> um, and, uh... I mean, I, I mean, if you can't think of it, but you kind of touched, uh, you kind of, kind of touched on it earlier. Yeah, I, I'll stick with Supergirl. Sasha Kai, Kai. Uh, yeah, she was really great. She really, really was. Um, it kind of felt like a souped up Eleven situation, you know, for Stranger Things fans out there. Um, when she was beating up all those um, comrades, or where were they? Were they in Russia? Yeah, uh, I think it was still. Yeah, they, they had. They did the thing that Maverick didn't want to do. They actually named the country. <laughs> it was in Russia. Yeah, yeah, but they all did because I mean, if they named it, then you know, the Maverick wouldn't have made a billion dollars or whatever. So. Um, Jeremy Irons crushing it in his nine seconds of screen time. Um, that wasn't new though, I guess. So uh, yeah, uh, for me, it was definitely Sasha Kaye. Um, I think she actually came to San Antonio. Oh yeah, yeah, she was helping to promote the film because obviously Ezra uh, is freaking nuclear and is a real Oppenheimer situation there. They couldn't have Ezra Miller uh, promoting the film, so they had like everybody. Oh, Michael King fucking can't be bothered, of course. I mean, and then uh, Michael Shannon. I mean, come on, like he's not can't be bothered. So he's busy filming the boys. So much of uh, yeah, so much of the film's uh, promotions really did. Um, rest on the shoulders of Sasha Kaya, so uh, I thought she did a great job. 
And yeah. um, I kind of wish I would have uh, went and saw her when she was promoting the film here in San Antonio. Like, could ask her some questions or whatever. Got her for the pod, but no, I didn't do that, so it didn't uh, happen. So. Oh, I gotta do better, guys. You gotta do better. You're right. You're right. Uh, you know, what's to do better though? Everybody associated with this film. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, now we're off to the next segment. What if? Psych, that's the log gun. Uh, you know, Freddy, why don't you go uh, ahead and tell me, uh, what you, what's your final opinion about this movie? Oh, man, we got Wong Gong. Love it. Uh, wow, okay, so... Wong's had enough. Okay, Wong's had enough. I've had enough. Um, should you see this film? If you can see it for free, and you have nothing else that you'd rather do, go ahead. Um, it's, it's a movie. It is, it has cats... It's, it's one of the movies ever. It's one of the movies ever. It has a cat's level of, like, Uncanny Valley shit going on at various points. So that's kind of, like, fun to watch for, like, to, you know, just to be like, well, what is the state of film in 2023? And then you see this and you're like, oh, no. Um, so, but no, I would not recommend the film, per se. Um, there are many, 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 many other things you could do with the time. How about you, Chris? I had a dream the other night where I was in a... It felt like my doctor's waiting room, uh, but it, there was nobody there, really. It was just me and, like, a phone. And the phone was ringing, and I picked it up. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't I, like you, but yes. I couldn't... I, yeah, oh, shots fired. Uh, <laughs> hold on a second. Hey, man, it's 2023. Nobody's answering their phone. I mean, who, why? Why would you? <laughs> I'm picking up the phone. I'm answering the phone. It's ringing off the hook. And but my, I look down. My arms aren't moving. I'm just talking into the phone somehow. Okay. And it's like, uh, it's my insurance adjuster. Oh, progressive. okay. My rate went up $500. Are you me? Yeah, no, this sucks. And then it, it disconnects. And then the phone rings again. Oh. And then it, I'm, I'm fired for some reason. Okay, and then yeah. it disconnects. I pick it up again. And the Yeti cooler that I ordered is on its way to my apartment right now. And it disconnects. And... I keep looking around me. I can't move. I can't do anything. And I just keep getting these calls. That's what watching this movie felt like. <laughs> Holy hell, dude. I mean, that's that's some, like, Junji Ito shit. Like, <laughs> you've, you've crossed over into this nebulous horror zone. Uh, fuck. I mean, everybody, do not watch this film, but you might enter a fugue state like Chris and be trapped in a web of your own mental machinations. Like, be careful, is what I'm saying. Oh, my God. That is... Chills. Chills, sir. Chills are... All throughout my body. You, you can even say that they're multiplying. Um, wow. You're welcome, everybody over the age of 50. Um, Hot take. I've never seen the movie Grease, and I never will. Okay. Have you seen Grease 2, though? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Grease 2 is insane, dude. Grease 2 is like a fucking fever dream. It's like, I don't understand how that movie exists, but man. And like, to think that it, like, if it existed with no, like, it would still be called Grease 2, but like, if Grease 1 never existed, that would be like a perfect film, pretty much. Because <laughs> it, it would be doing so many different things, like, on the metal side. Anyway. With that being said, let's move on to something I think we're both going to have a lot more fun talking about, and that is the review for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. <laughs> okay, man, we are back to the beginning, back to the light, back to reality. Um, Ghost gravity. Yeah, the ghost gravity. Um, uh, Dad's Linguini. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem has been out since August 2nd, so we're just at a week. Mm-hmm. What is it? its current gross total worldwide? Um, that, I don't know how, but you definitely spelled that worldwide with, like, three Y's there. Yep. Um, <laughs> Madison with, <laughs> what was it? <laughs> uh, y and then two N's. Y, the, two N's, two N's and a Y, it's not where you think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a solid. Uh, it's still summer. All the kids are out. It's only been a week. It's been a week. Been a week. 168 million. Okay. Wow. You are. You're swinging big, dude. Are you on the juice? Are you like? Is this a Mark McGuire situation? Uh, do I need to check to see how big your head is? Fire! Shots fired! 
<laughs> you were just you were going real high. Um, so it's currently at fifty five million. Uh, but that's, that's that's still really good. It's actually really outperforming and outpacing its projection. Uh, of course, this is an animated film. That's another thing. Um, honestly, I thought it was going to be higher. To be, you know, I thought it was going to be higher too. But uh, but still very solid mm-hmm. at fifty five million. Uh, real quick, there is a little bit of trivia stuff I want to get into before we get into our segments. Um, so. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things is that Seth Rogen, uh, who's one of the producers, he's an actor in the film, one of the writers and producers me, on the film, uh, wanted to do a very specific type of recording for this animated film where the cast recorded their voice roles together in groups rather than independently. So most animated films, each character shoots their, or like records their lines individually, and then they edit them all together. Um, but when you do these like group sessions, um, it really allows for an environment where the cast can play off of each other and do some more imp- improvisation uh, with their performances. And I think they did that especially for the four main uh, turtle cast. Uh, which are uh, Micah Abbey, Shannon, Shaman Brown Jr., Nicholas Cantu, and Brady Noon. Uh, that's Tarantello, Michelangelo, Leonardo, and Raphael, um, respectively. And I think it really comes across in the film. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially with the Four Turtles. It is This film does the Teenage and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles better than any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles anything has ever done to me. Um, you know, they really get the awkward kind of cringiness of, like, early to mid-teens boys, uh, and they really run with it, you know. So, um, anyway, I just thought that was really cool. What was that? No, I was going to say, uh, tag up and said it also really um, went into them being siblings, too. Yes, yes. So the way they talk to each other. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? Okay. So the filmmakers cited Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Jackie Chan martial arts films, Police Story and Rumble in the Bronx specifically, um, as well as the film Boogie Nights as influences on the visual style of the film, which I thought was really interesting. <laughs> I think the Boogie Nights stuff probably relates to like the Splinter stuff when he's raising... The kids is what I'm guessing. But um, you definitely see the Spider-Verse influence, even though it's not animated in that way. Um, Jeff Rowe, who is is the director of the film, wrote a letter personally to Jackie Chan uh, requesting that he would consider the role of Master Splinter, which I think is really cool. Um, And Seth Rogen compared the film soundtrack. Now, you can maybe think, like, all right, Seth, chill out. But, I mean, spoiler, probably going to talk about this in a minute, but the soundtrack is really, really good. Uh, He compared the film soundtrack to that of the video game Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. (laughs) You know, which is, like, pretty much the holy grail of of music compilation things. Um, So... But I don't know. Maybe he hit it. Uh, all right. With all of that being said, let's jump into the first segment for Teenage Mutant Turtles Meet Mayhem. That is, of course, Excelsior. Excelsior! Oh. 
All right, Excelsior, again, if somehow if you didn't listen to the Flash review, and no one blames you, and that's okay, uh, but Excelsior is when we talk about the thing we really liked in the film. It can be character, it can be writing, pacing, special effects, directing, what have you, cinematography. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first this time. I yeah. already took my hand at this, but I really loved the soundtrack, both the score, which had oh. a weird 80s kind of synth vibe to it, uh, and the actual hip hop soundtrack that is just constantly in the backbone of this film. But we also get, and this is a spoiler, but we get a tremendous insert of um, what's going on. The song that is usually by the Four Non Blondes, but I believe the version oh, in the shit. movie. Yeah. It's the meme one. It's the He-Man meme yeah. version of what's going on. And that's amazing. What a fucking yeah. choice. What a great choice. I was listening so hard. Skeletor goes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Oh, I'll have to listen to that for that next time. Oh, damn it. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's so good. So, yeah, that's my Excelsior handstand. But there are so many great things about the film. Like you said, the the, the brothership between the turtles, the, the, the chemistry, even with April and the turtles, um, all of Leonardo's shit in regards to April, mm-hmm. the the fight sequences, the choreography, the, the transitions when they're fighting the mob bosses, um, or whatever they call them, like the the like the little mini bosses within the city. Oh yeah, that oh, whole sequence oh. is so good. Um, it had a lot of the first fight in the garage had a lot of a uh, uh, kick ass energy to it in the sense that like it yeah. was really violent. And they didn't really seem to be in control at any point. Like, it was just chaos, <laughs> but it was beautiful chaos. So, That's the swing of lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so many, so many things. But, I, you know, I, I'm gonna, I could go on and on and on. Chris, what are some Excelsior points for you? God, you took the juiciest bit. No, I, I want you to expand. You're the hip-hop guy. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm the fucking, I'm the fucking grody, like, hipster bullshit indie rock guy. Uh so you're the hip hop guy. I don't want to step on your toes. Expand on what you loved about the the soundtrack, if that's one of the things. When MOP song came on, I fucking lost my mind. Mm-hmm. I did not see that coming. I, I just <laughs> I needed I needed to actually focus on what was happening in the action because I was just kind of like <laughs> college all over again. It was happening in my head. It was amazing. Um, God damn it! it the, the, yeah, uh, no diggity. You're talking about when mm-hmm. they're taking out the with mob the mob bosses. Yeah, the Black Street. Yeah, just the action is just so perfect. They just keep switching out the models for different turtles, and uh, it. The but the score, the score was done by Trent Reznor. Yep, that's amazing. See, I didn't, I didn't mention it because I was like, I gotta give Chris something. So, uh, yeah, so shut good. Up, shut up. Um, but for my actual, it, you know, you're right that the. the I think I, I saw like um, forget who it was, but uh, there was some video essayist on YouTube who was kind of like like his main gripe with Spider-Man films. Um, this was like the Amy ones, and maybe like it was like so long ago that it was about the Andrew Garfield one coming out soon, and hoping that it would inject a little bit more New York into the story. Mm-hmm. Is like why can't they have like uh, you know hip hop playing in the high school when he's in, you know when uh, you know, why can't this movie kind of in- integrate? The actual culture of the city that he's in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. This, we get stuff with like with we got that in Droz and Spider Verse, 
So that's not a problem at all nowadays. But um, yeah, that, that just the griminess of <laughs> hear me shimmy shimmy ah in the bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a god damn it. This is what you watch it for. This is this is perfect. This is setting. This is what music, uh, non-diegetic music is supposed to do in these movies: is set the tone, set the world, build it out, make it feel real. And um, I, I guess, which all kind of leads up to my actual Excelsior point, was like the visual language, the visual style that it mm-hmm. had. Um, perfect, Chef's Kiss. It was I, at first I thought it was like a little too grimy for like a, a kids movie, but then it, no, shut up, it's New York. The, these comics, when you when they first came out, black and white, right? They were They're grimy all, as shit. Yeah, yeah, pulpy. So yeah, this was perfect. It, 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 they know they knew exactly what they wanted to portray. They knew exactly what kind of they wanted to like uh, revere from the past, uh, not just use kind of like the Flash did. Right, um, right. Isn't this a great lesson in like mm-hmm. how you can touch on nostalgia without being obvious and like corporate about it like they even yeah. drop a go ninja go ninja go yes briefly but it, it's <laughs> just there for a second and then it flies away which is right that's what it's there exactly for. how much vanilla ice you ever want in your life you just want <laughs> the smallest amount be like oh yeah i lived through that and then and then it goes away and you're like okay um all right, yeah, absolutely agree with everything you said. Um, what an amazing film. The fact that we got across the Spider-Verse and this in the same year just blows my mind. Yeah. It's it's like, holy shit, talk about we might be on the precipice of an animation revolution here, um, which I'm all for. Um, oh, yeah, that would be perfectly fine. Um, um, my goodness, I... You know, I'm mean, again. I'm obviously biased. So, Across the Spider Verse is still like number one movie of the year for me. Number one, to kind of everything. But like this film, we talk about making choices, right? How films have to make so many choices, mm-hmm. and that it's so rare to like get more than about sixty percent of those choices correct. It's just really hard to do. This film, like constantly makes the right choice and it's it really puts you in its world and and it's not that long it's a little over an hour and 30 minutes so it's like you're just there for a little bit but it is such a good time yeah it is like that's the best way i can i can promote or 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 provide a review and for this one was that it is just such a good time to have god damn I think I'm not gonna I'm gonna go see it again like on uh, Saturday maybe mm-hmm. like uh, in the morning because shout out to mom that's what she did for me back when Teach Me Ninja Turtles the first movie came out mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna go see it at Embassy because that's where we went and uh, at one point I was like so geeking out as a kid and just like looking at her like hey did you see that it's really cool and she was asleep <laughs> so, but shout out to her because she was dead tired that day yeah we still brought you there dude I, I still remember seeing Ninja Turtles the, the live action first movie in Uvalde That's I still lived in Uvalde at that time and there was one movie theater kind of yep. in, the, in the town and, and that's where I saw it and I remember being in line because they only showed it on one screen and like you, you couldn't buy tickets beforehand you had to just get in line yep um, 
And so we were, you know, all the line went around the building. I remember it was great. My mom took me. It was, it was amazing. And I remember getting out of the movie and I was ninja kicking and punching and <laughs> Donatella staffing all over the place. Like everything. It was amazing. And um, what I also love about this film is it, it does that thing that's really hard. And that's it is a kid's film. It's definitely got a lot in there for kids to relate to, for kids to enjoy. But it's not so saccharine or 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 so insipid that like it loses all the audi all the adults. Right. Um, there's plenty for everybody to eat in this film. And uh, just real quick, since we're talking about accessory, we'll get moving to the next segment. Though uh, my favorite part, and I want to know if you had a like, specifically like favorite part. Oh my, yeah. My favorite part in the film, hands down, because I've seen the movie twice and I absolutely know that this is my favorite part. But when they first start fighting in the garage, trying to get April's scooter back, mm-hmm. Raph is um, always the first to fight. He's got a fight or fight response, uh, much <laughs> like yours truly. And he starts fighting a dude, and he suplexes him, <laughs> and then he spits on him. Oh shit! And and I think Michelangelo goes, dude, we need to get you therapy, or like yeah. we we need you we need to like do we need to have an intervention or something. He like he says something <laughs> to that effect, and, and Raph's just ready to go. I love that so much. Just the him spinning on the dude was like the chef's kiss of like oh, it's just so good. And then my second favorite part, which I think might be Libby's favorite part is when Donatello is in the the van and Superfly is trying to get away with all of the components to the to the device and he just starts beating the shit out of Donatello and you hear Donatello go holy sap my dope yeah yeah you hear Donatello go oh, I'm getting molly whopped <laughs> he's molly whopping me he's molly whopping me yeah um <laughs> I love that because Superfly mentions Molly whopping someone a little earlier in the movie, and it's a good callback. Uh, what did you have a favorite, like, specific moment in the film? Without a doubt, yeah, it's uh, like I think they're about to go into like the high school with April for the first time, like uh, when nobody's there, and mm-hmm. like uh, they're outside, and they're they're all kind of like uh, all the turtles are just kind of like imitating what they see kids doing on uh, on their phone usually because you know they have phones, of course, because they're kids, yeah. but they're like. Bacon, egg, and cheese. Hey, oh my God! Bacon, egg, and cheese. Bacon. Hey, yo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we outside. They're, they're just talking. They're just not. That's what I mean, though. Like that is so accurate to how kids that age are. Like, and I don't even mean now. I do mean now. But even like when we were kids at that age, that's how they are. Like that's just that nonsense. Like tornado. Just saying dumb shit. Yeah, just it was amazing. saying dumb shit and and like cracking each other up. And then April's like, "Yeah, I don't think this is gonna help anyone <laughs> like you guys." I was yeah, just so good. Pick it and cheese. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Yeah, it's so good. All right, let's uh, let's go to what's probably gonna be the shortest segment uh, for this review oh, is Bizarro. Look, it am our most famous superhero. Yes, it is. Oh shit, Wong! Oh my god! Oh no! 
We doing this? <laughs> we might as well. Okay. <laughs> I'll go first. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, the weirdest thing, the thing that didn't really fit well with me, uh, nah, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> Not dissimilar from my Spider Verse review, where I said no yeah. notes. No notes. Uh, uh, John Carlos Basito only had like five seconds, and I think that's all we really need. Men's everywhere these days. Uh, there's a lot of cast. I keep trying to like pick out names or like voices. Oh man, there's so many. I mean, we've got. Let's just let's just run down. Maya Rudolph's in this. Seth Rogen, uh, Rose Byrne, uh, Jackie Chan. John Carly Spazio, he said, Ice Cube, Superfly, Paul Rudd is Mondo Gecko. <laughs> Fucking, I didn't even realize this was him, and I and I saw the movie twice, I was like, who is that? Ray Filet keeps singing, it's fucking Post Malone. God fucking damn it, that guy. Hannibal Burris is Genghis Frog. Um, just, <laughs> he spoke like twice! Yeah. <laughs> um, and fucking, uh, one of the one of the characters I don't know I don't think his voice was in it but one of the characters that helps Master Splinter uh, one of the humans at the end that's actually that character is modeled after Kevin Eastman oh okay that was really cool and they also went to Eastman High yeah Uh, they went to Laird's like was like a bar or something oh shit in the in the at the very beginning of the movie they go to Laird's and it's like a it's like a bar they're on the rooftop Right, right, right. Um, okay, but okay. So for me, it's like, hmm. Okay, so it's to me, it's like when I go to the grocery store and I get to the bread aisle. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the problem right. for me, because if I get to the bread aisle. I love bread. Okay, my doctor is like, please stop loving bread so much, but I love bread. I love all kinds of bread. I love like pita. Right, I like tortillas. I like that seven oats honey shit. I'll even do. I'll do OG butter crust. Okay. And my point is, is this: even with all of the variety of breads, I'm never like, no, I don't want this. Like, I always want some of it. So when I think about the Bizarro for this film, it's mm-hmm. really hard for me to think about. What it is, I don't like. Um, I guess maybe it's that now, because they've introduced so many of the other mutant characters, like a Bebop, a Rocksteady, a Leatherhead, Wingnut. Mm. Uh, Wingnut, who is uh, Natasha Dumitro, which is from um, What We Do in the Shadows. She's Naja. Oh, fuck! That's Wingnut. So, yeah, and we got Mondo Gecko. And, spoiler... By the end of the film, all of those characters have been redeemed. Mm-hmm. So what do, where do we go now? Obviously, the film, if you stayed for the credits, it teases uh, a shredder. No, no, no. You got to say it right. Shredder. <laughs> uh, as Krang would say. Now, we also have Krang at some point, too. is probably going to pop in. So there are other characters. But you've taken a giant junk of the Ninja Turtles Rogues Gallery and just been like, okay, they're 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 on the same side as the Turtles now, so they literally live with them. Like yeah. that's yeah. 
I guess that's my only concern. It's not even something I really disliked about the film. It's just like more of like that's going to be a concern kind of moving forward. Um, But that's it. That's all I got. It's all bread to me, baby. Wow. Okay. That's uh, carb loading. That's what's going on. Yeah. Your boy's thick. (laughs) Sourdough. Um, All right. So with that, let's move on to our next segment. That is, of course, hey, everyone. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. The segment where we talk about a new character, new environment, new, you know, whatever. New, something new that we haven't seen before. Well, this is the first Industrials movie in this franchise, so technically everything is new. Mm. With that being said, Chris, what is, uh, hey, everyone, for you? Well, I mean, it said introducing in the credits, so Paul Rudd. Uh, the newcomer. It's a, it's a Paul Rudd. I'm going with that. He, I did see that. I, th- I, saw, I didn't catch that the first time. The second time, I was like, wait, what? Can <laughs> it really be his first animated role? Maybe, but like, even like, is that just a joke? Like an inside joke yeah, for that? Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, that's my favorite thing. Like, it looks like everybody have fun making this movie. <laughs> it happened for a bit, I guess. Yeah, what I like is, um, again, I'm going to go back to this because I was really shocked, is that Post Malone is the voice of Ray Filet. Uh, for those that don't know, he actually had one line in, in uh, Enter the Spider-Verse, the first Spider-Verse movie. He's the guy that goes, I think it's a Banksy. Um, oh, when, when, wow. the, when the city's like getting all twisted up. Yeah. Uh, but now we've seen a few years later... And he's got a whole fucking role now. He's like a whole thing in this movie. So, like, claps, you know, props, give him the flowers, Post Malone. Gave us one of the greatest soundtrack songs of all time uh, in Spider-Verse. So, happy to see him continuing to move along. Also, um, Ice Cube, this is the first time I've ever seen Ice Cube as a mutated fly. And, uh, man, if I didn't know any better, I would have said Ice Cube is a mutated fly because he just crush the role so much hot take I think that's because he didn't get the coronavirus uh, vaccine oh okay that's why he turned to the fly yeah okay okay alright uh, with that I oh dude wait what is I'm not gonna lie what is the last segment that we were gonna do for this uh, if you listen to your heart mm-hmm. you can hear it oh that's right I remember now True believers, buckle up. It's a long drop. Kumite, Kumite. Kumite, Kumite, Kumite. Oh boy, okay. So, this is a new segment. Kumite is a free-for-all. We've got the four turtles. we got Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo, Raphael, or Don, Tello, Leo, Nardo, Michelangelo, and I guess Raphael is, would be his last name. Yeah, well, uh, he didn't even... Get a go around, did he? No, none of them did, other than uh, Michelangelo and Leonardo. <laughs> Leonardo, Leonardo's name, right? Um, 
So for Kumite, what we've we've what we've decided is we're going to argue who would win in a free for all between the four turtles. I do want to say very quickly, uh, if Splinter was a part of this, I'm picking Splinter hands down. He absolutely trucks that security guard person uh, when he comes to stop the turtles from being milked. He fucking takes the baton and crushes the dude's skull with it, like, right through his head. That guy is so fucking dead. And, like, I think the way they got that past the censors was like, oh, it could be a robot. That is not a robot. That was a person. <laughs> and, and he manslaughtered the shit out of that guy. Um, so, yeah, Splinter would win, hands down, with that kind of fucking not-gonna-hold-back situation. Um whatever but like all right let's do turtle talk my friend who's your champion who do you think would win between the four they all have their weapons Mm. let's say they're in a contained space like the let's say like the garage okay yeah so they're there there's a bunch of like there's a mini cooper in there and there's some random other shit there's like car stuff but they have their weapons but it's 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 four turtles in one turtle out who you got Man, this is because the way they break down, you know, they synergize so well. Um, I'm gonna start by saying this: Leonardo, my personal favorite turtle. I don't know if that's because he represents me so well, because he's kind, he's kind of a a dork. Uh, <laughs> he's not <laughs> no Riz. Uh, <laughs> I'm a firstborn, so I guess, of course I'm gonna uh, pick Leonardo as my favorite. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to draw down on them like that. Yeah. He's their leader. He can't. He, like, holds um, back. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, kind of, the uh, answer's kind of obvious, but I think my answer is going to be Michelangelo. Interesting. Okay, so, spoiler alert for The Last Ronin, right? A comic series that came out, I think, last year. If you haven't read it, spoiler alert. It posits a future where there is only one turtle left. Mm. You don't figure out who that turtle is until the end of the first issue. Have you have you read this at all? Have you seen it? You're spoiling me. No, it's Michelangelo. I I'm just. It's Michelangelo. Fucking hell, dude. Yeah. Because he's 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 good at improv. He'll think on his feet. He'll adjust. Yeah. If this is what's happening, he doesn't want to do it, but it, he'll survive. Yeah, so so for me, it's kind of funny you pick Michelangelo because for me, it came down to two two turtles. I agree with Leon, with your Leonardo take. He's he could do it. Yeah. He could. He absolutely has the ability and the weapons. Yeah. To win a, a, a free. He's always had the best weapons. But he's gonna hold back. He's gonna Superman that shit. You know, he's gonna hold back, and it's gonna cost him. The obvious choice is, of course, Raphael. Mm-hmm. Uh, he literally suplexes the dude and then spits on him. I mean, that's a dude coming after my own fucking heart right there. <laughs> um, he's got a fight-or-fight response to everything. And... It was so hard, that kid, kid in wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he he's just ready to go all of the time, and that's what you need. However, he's so aggressive, he's unfocused. Right, so uh, you can take advantage of that, yeah. And much to your point, somebody like a Michelangelo who can be quick on his feet, a la improv, 
can really take advantage of those opportunities when Raph is too blinded by his fury and his anger. Mm-hmm. So, believe it or not, I think Michelangelo is also the winner. Hey, look at that. We have uh, consensus. Donnie, Donnie, also good. He just has a fucking stick, though. Like, it's it's going to, at some point, that's going to be a problem for him. <laughs> Has he always been a fist magnet? It seems like he's the first one that needs help. Yeah, he gets... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I used to pick Donatello in that old Konami fighting, like the the, the beat-em-up game, the four-player. Yeah, yeah. And I was Donatello, and I always felt like he was on his ass the fastest. <laughs> like, every time. And I'm like, is this because is this he's got you a stick? Yeah, he's <laughs> just... Yeah, he's just... His health's just going down. I'm like, what is happening? Um, no, but actually, I do agree. I think it's I think it's Michelangelo. Yeah, he's agile. He's kind of smaller. He'll he'll make it out. He can scrap. Yeah, he's he he's got he's he's got the wherewithal to be defensive when needed, but can definitely bring offense as well. And he's not going to be uh, you know holding back too much, and he's not going to be going at a thousand so much that he makes critical mistakes. Uh, is he the one that always says we got to get you some therapy, man? Yeah. See, he's clocking everything. He's He's like Batman. No wonder he's the last Ronin. Yeah, he knows. He's. By the way, that comic's it, it's it's pretty good. It's an interesting story, at least, and it's and it's it's done by Eastman and Laird. Like they they this is the story they have wanted to tell. So, um, check it out, everybody. Uh, with that, that's the end of the review. Fourteen minutes, girls, me, mayhem, Chris. Just uh, this isn't like a Wong Gong situation, but just like do you, do you recommend it for everybody? Hell yeah. Yeah, I do too. I, I really think. Oh, also, I saw it uh, the second time I saw it. I saw it in three D. Uh huh. And Worth I it? gotta say, there are some scenes in there, the action sequences that are amazing in three D. Like it really does add a lot. It, they don't use it very much. Like a lot of the film is is the same, but um, the few segments and and parts where it is uh, utilizing the three D is pretty cool. Um. So it's up to you. You know, you got to drop that extra coinage for those 3D tickets, which is annoying because like they give you the glasses, but then you have to just put the glasses in the box. It's like, what? Do, I, I rented these. You charged me six dollars to rent these things. Okay, dog. I always keep them. What are you talking about? Yeah, but when you buy the next 3D ticket, it's like it's going to charge you anyway. You're not saving. I- Keep those too. What are you talking okay, about? Okay, so this is just an endless chain of keeping. They're glasses. just mine now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe that play that pays off somewhere down the line. It might. I'm not saying yeah, it won't. I'm wrecking my eyes. <laughs> yeah. By thinking they're sunglasses and then going outside and be like, ah, <laughs> these these do nothing. The glasses <laughs> they do nothing. All right. With that, let's get into our last segment of the show. That is, of course, the big wheel. No, you can pray for love to give you fire. Just singing his little heart out. <laughs> you know, there was no Renner on this soundtrack. Is that the one misstep? <laughs> <sighs> no, 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 no. Fuck that. I was so out of my mind when Annie Up came on. If I had heard Jimmy Renner anywhere near this theater, I would have exploded. <laughs> you would have raft, you would have grabbed somebody, suplexed them, and then spit on them immediately. Um, 
I immediately, I, uh, I as soon as we got out of the theater, I'm not joking, I was on my phone like, where is this soundtrack on vinyl? Where is this score and soundtrack? And it does not exist! It's not a thing right now. I don't know if it's something they're planning on doing or somewhere down the line, but yeah, it does not exist in physical form mm-hmm. yet. There is a Spotify playlist for whatever that's Okay, about to say but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really hoping for like a Ninja Turtle ooze splatter vinyl. Mm. Do it, gotta yeah. do it. Do you want money? Make money. Sell me the thing. I'll buy it. All right, Chris. I, I we talked about this a little off the air. It felt like you had uh, an answer for Big Wheel. Did you have someone in mind? Yeah, uh, 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 uh Yacht Daddy Bob Iger. Yeah, oh boy, yeah. Okay. Hey, what a fucking take. <laughs> like, yeah, as you guys can see, I'm back uh, in the back behind me. We're working on my yacht. I'm trying to, you know, get another floor built on that. Uh, these fucking riders are greedy. <laughs> what? So, like, this is the kind of shit that makes me think we're in a simulation. Yeah, because yeah. the, like, inability to have any, any sense of self evaluation here, self awareness. Is like nigh impossible. How? 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 Unless this is a simulation. Um, my God. I mean, and then we have David Zaslav. Mm, your boy. <laughs> no, don't do that. that your it's boy. Not my guy. No. And <laughs> Kevin, we trust. Although you know, who knows? I'm so scared for something to come out with. Even we did Ke- something. We did something. Even, we get the tea with even Kevin, but like. Oh man, Zaslav came off and, and said some some echoing essentially Bob Iger's comments, like something very similar to that. And it's just like, come on, guys, like, f- just fuck you, right? Just yeah, like I, you know, if I could suplex, if we could double <laughs> suplex Iger, and look, we championed Iger when he came back. We're like, okay, maybe the MCU with Kevin and Bob, they they know each other, they have a working relationship. They were in the, the throes of the most uh, creative and, and successful parts of the MCU. And look, all of that is still true, but look, we hold feet to the fire here on combat characters. You know, just because you did something cool once doesn't mean we're not going to call your shit out like if you're being an asshole, and Bob Iger's clearly being an asshole here. But if we could double suplex fucking Bob Iger, get David's ass lab, and then just fucking spit on them, the way Raph would want us to, I would be, that would be like a great day. That would be, uh, that would be a good day to quote someone. <laughs> Did Mama cook the breakfast with snow hog? Yeah. Um, but yeah, with that, uh, that brings this episode, episode 151. Everybody, thanks for listening. Appreciate y'all sharing with your friends and your family, letting everybody know about the crazy comment that is the Combo Characters podcast soaring through the airwaves. Uh, I guess also, however, Wi-Fi works. Is that still through the airwaves? It's 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 getting out there. It's it's viral. You know. You just made the list. Um, I meant I meant this one. Sorry. Okay. There we go. You made the list of people we love. Everybody who's listening to this. So. Hey, you saved it. There you go. Uh, with that, the Fortress of Podsud is closed. 
you know what? I'm getting molly whopped. <laughs> I want to get molly whopped.